Welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I'm Petter and this is James. What's up? And today we're talking about the first volume of Free Run Beyond Journey's End. Yet another new series that we're starting. Uh, Very new. <laughs> we relatively recently started Spy Family as well, which was new for, for us, although it had been out since 2019, I think it started, was it? Uh, yes. But this one, yes, as you said, this one is very, very new. Um, it started last year in April, in like the, the chapters started publishing in Japan then, uh, but it only started, like the first volume re released in English earlier this month. So we are really on top of it with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, we're going to talk about e each of the characters one by one. That's kind of the formula for our episode. So starting with Free Ren, and actually about the names, I was a bit confused at first, I how to pronounce a couple of the names. Mm. Free Ren being one of them, obviously, like, it's the first name you, you know. Yeah, it's a difficult name. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's Free Ren because of two reasons. And the first reason is the, there's a lot of German influence, or at least, at least vocabulary or, or names and stuff mm. uh, in this, in this series. And I know that, well, I, I took six years of German in school, so I, oh. I, I definitely, I definitely can't speak it fluently but i do know some some basics and i know that the combination ie makes the e sound so it's free ren okay uh, with that in mind and the other thing i, I looked up out of curiosity I, I i looked up the japanese name for free ren mm -hmm. and it's free ren that okay that so makes it's, sense it it's all it's also the e uh, sound there you want you want to know what my dumb assumption at first but you know i had to like think about it i was like okay well that's f-r-i-e that's like friend 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 but i i i was like that didn't sound right i mean and, there is logic to it though uh, yeah english logic <laughs> more like the lack of uh and yeah so friend is just makes friend yeah, it just makes more sense to me right right but yeah, uh, first of all, about a character, I just want to say, or <laughs> about a character design, I really love her character design. Of course you would. It's uh, <laughs> wait, what's of course about that? She's or, got a, she's got pigtails or, or ponytails, oh, yeah. whatever you call it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that is a that is a big plus. <laughs> you see, <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. For some reason, that wasn't the first thing I thought of just now. But yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, I yeah, don't think you, you're a lollycon or anything like that. That's not what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, but I, I, I just really, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I think she, she's got some of the most beautiful manga eyes I've seen in a while as well. So, mm. and hey, elf, elf ears are cute too. But anyway, anyway, I'm, I'm not gonna simp too hard. I'm gonna really try to limit myself a little. Yeah. <laughs> as a Legend of Zelda fan, we are both our Legend of Zelda fans. Mm. You know. You go. You kind of grew up seeing Zelda with the elf ears, and, and well, a lot of the characters having that kind of thing, and obviously elves are in other things. But whenever I saw Firen with her hair down, or yeah, Firen with her hair down, I always had to convince myself that it wasn't Zelda, <laughs> or she didn't, because according to the cover, she doesn't have blonde hair; she has white hair. I'm not sure how accurate mm. that is. No, it, it, there was there was a line as well by one of the NPCs. I almost said we're talking Zelda. Uh, That's right. A character who said white hair and recognized her as Freeran because of that. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. But yeah, so yeah, so I had to convince myself like no, 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 no. 
It's white, <laughs> not blonde. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So I, I really like the focus on Freerun's slow aging and it's kind of how how she perceives the flow of time. Like, mm-hmm. that's something that, I mean, clearly, like, I guess it's not 100% unique, but, and, and like the whole deal about elves aging almost like infinitely slow is, mm. in, I think, a thing ever since like, like Tolkien's uh, Lord of the Rings. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a it's been around for a long time. Uh, but I, I, I'm not, I don't feel like this exact focus, or at least I haven't seen this exact focus really in other fiction before. For example, like how she he she said she would visit from time to time when she left, you know, after they had had the celebration. Uh, but she didn't show up again until 50 years later. And for her, that was like no time at all. Right. And also like during the search for the blue moon weed, like that was another interesting thing that showed kind of how how incredibly patient she is due to not considering long periods of time to actually be that long right i mean to her it it is not that long right you know her (laughs) understanding of time because time is relative right Uh, absolutely we we understand that theory to be as true as as we can at this point Mm. and in this fiction i i think that for her just time moves differently maybe i don't know i i can't even say if she's at the middle of her life but i agree that a lot of these um i lack of a better word, issues that are that are in this story happen because it's her thinking about how she understands time and not how humans do. Right. You know, there's kind of that uh, a gap in understanding a bit. Although, yeah. uh, as she goes about her journey, um, she does seem to be understanding that a bit more. Yeah, right. It, it's really interesting because she has... Well, has has a hard time understanding or comprehending how how we as humans understand it, and and obviously we as humans can't quite understand her perspective either. So it, right. it really is. It's it, it it's it's a, it's a I, I think it's a really fun idea to kind of play around with, and like their their ten year old or their their ten year long journey that they had before the story started, uh, obviously to her it felt like a really short time. Yeah, and it, and it also seemed. To imply that, and this is probably due to her experiencing time much, much differently from humans, it seems to imply that she has a harder time getting to know people, or at least it takes her much longer than it, than it would take for a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, since, you know, she, she claims that, that she hardly knew anything about Himmel after he died, and she also apo- apologized to Fern later on when, um, you know, because she, she didn't, well, she apo- apologized for not knowing anything about her after they had been traveling together for at least a whole year at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, we had ex- examples of Himmel and Fern both seeming to know Freerun very very well. Um, so I, I thought that was another interesting kind of, I guess, consequence or side thing uh, of, of her time perception. Right. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting how he or the author goes about... Uh, setting that up Hmm. and to me i i wonder how old she actually is right we never understand her true age and i'm not sure if that's even something that will be revealed per se because it's not as necessarily vital for the story but Hmm. the fact that she has been and as this volume confirms around for at least a thousand years uh, well more than a thousand years it just makes you wonder you know 
at one point in time is she in her life? Is she in her mid twenties? Is she it, it, just comparatively speaking? Can can you even compare it? Yeah, that's, you know, is right. <laughs> is it more of like a immortal kind of a thing? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that is a really good question. <laughs> so it, to the, to that to your point, it makes sense that she feels like she doesn't know humans or, or some, of the, some of her friends that she's been with for you know 10 years doesn't feel like she knows them very well because to her it's maybe a week <laughs> right. like 10 years or maybe 10 years is a day i i, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I really i really don't know because she because to her a thousand years ago did seem like okay that was a fair amount of time mm. so it's like what is that is that is that 10 years for her <laughs> like i i don't that i'm not sure yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see more, or I guess to learn more uh, in future volumes about that. Because I, I feel like this is something that's going to continue being explored, kind of, to for us and, and, and other human characters in the story to understand her better, and also the other way around, of course. Mm-hmm. And I guess speaking of her past, uh, what we did get, like, we, get, we, get, we got a, a glimpse of her past in the, in the last chapter of this volume, where mm-hmm. we got to know about her former teacher, which was a human mage called flamme which i'm pretty sure just means flame in german like i think i think that is just the <laughs> the german word for flame mm. at least one of the chapters prior to that we had heard a little bit of flamme but nothing big really right and it made me think that it would be cool to well i guess to explore her past more going forward so mm-hmm. i guess i don't necessarily need all the details i don't i don't even, I don't even need to know exactly her age i i think i just I, I would like to know more about her past, though, and I would like to know more about Flame, perhaps. Which I, I feel like we yeah, should. Def- definitely Flame. Yeah, right. I, I feel that knowing where how Flame met Freeren. Uh, no, no, mm. dang it. Yeah, yeah. Is that Freeren? Okay. Yes, yes. Freeren. How they met, I think, would be a pretty good thing to uh, reveal. Mm-hmm. But who's to say? Mm-hmm. Then there was the part where. When Himmel died and that they were at the funeral, Freerin said that she wasn't so sure that he was happy. Did you have any idea what she meant there? Because I didn't really understand that part. Um, I'm not exactly sure what she was thinking at the moment, but I could think of reasons why Himmel wasn't as happy as maybe um, Freerin was, was hoping that he'd be. Mm. It, it, and maybe... Part of it had to do with he waited so long for her to return, and she never did. It was not until fifty years later. Right. Um, yeah. And I guess Himel wasn't able to spend more time with her, or even the other guys. Uh, maybe, although maybe they came and visited sometimes. Who knows? Um, but but definitely not Freeren. Right. So yeah. I think that when I read that, that was my really only thought as, as to what it could be. Maybe some sort of regret. Not well, not even regret because it's not something he could do, you know. Right. But 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 still, like a sadness, like a sorrow that he may have carried, and that she may have kind of realized in that moment, because it is later in that same scene when Freerin herself sort of realizes that she wishes that she had. Spent well, been able to spend more time with him and gotten to know him better, right? And mm-hmm. so, it might have been something that she was just thinking about in general that day or that in that moment. So she figured that maybe he had had similar thoughts. 
maybe perhaps or or or, or that she had just recently kind of understood to some extent that human lives are that much shorter. I guess since, since that had just happened, like this might've been the first human that she befriended who passed away potentially, or no, I guess her teacher would have, uh, would yeah. have ah, I don't know. Any, <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, like uh, speaking of the, the, the kind of realization she had that uh, at the funeral and she, she wishes that she would have tried to get to know him better. And which I think that is probably regret there. It might not be regret mm-hmm. from him, from Himmel, but for her, I think in that moment, it's it's regret. But but when she realizes that she, well, her new aim is to l- learn more about humans, right? And then with the way this book ends, it kind of seems like she's going to learn more about Himmel himself as well eventually, if she will be able to speak to him, like to to communicate with his soul. Yeah, I, I like that we have a goal, an objective, and it's not a, mm. I mean, speaking to the dead is pretty, I guess, big, but uh, <laughs> it's not a grand take down the Demon King, because they've already done that. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm excited to, to see how she grows to learn more about humans, yeah. because even during this volume one, we see her a- attempting to understand Fern and e- even some of the other of her former um comrades yeah getting to know them better so she's definitely putting in the effort and it feels and honestly it feels like she's grasping on something um but then she kind of doubts herself and says i I know nothing about you right and yet she's able to do these things and maybe she just doesn't realize that knowing a person knowing something about a person or, or caring for a person is not necessarily i don't know i Actually, I I don't even know what she's trying to find. Like, what's the what's the moment where she's like, "Oh, I know, I know this person so well." Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? Just time for her? Like, is that is that really all it takes? Well, I mean, that's a pretty mm-hmm. heavy task. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that is interesting because now you got me thinking that what if she doesn't, or that what if she doesn't get to know people slower, but basically only that her, I guess standards for getting to know people or, or, or standards for, for considering knowing someone are just higher mm-hmm. than most humans. Yeah, maybe. If, if it might just be that, that actually she, she knows everyone, like all of those people, just as well as anyone else would, having spent that much time with them. But she just, I guess, requires more or she, she, she needs to know even more and be even closer to them in order to, to kind of put that label on them and, and consider them as people that she knows. Maybe, maybe, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. There's a couple instances that, uh, I can think of, but I think one of them I want to, I want to save for later. So we'll just, mm. just work for that. Yeah, absolutely. And oh yeah, and now I'm gonna mention another character that I had to think a little bit on the pronunciation of the name, and I've settled on Heiter, is the the priest. Okay. Uh, because E I is I, and mm. and the Japanese at least Romanji. Uh, name of him for him is Haita. <laughs> so, yeah, Haiter. Uh, and uh, anyway, what I was going to say about him is that, uh, or kind of on, on this topic that we've been talking about for free run here, is that when he is, uh, when, when Haiter is dying and he, well, when he, 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 after he had collapsed and he was lying in bed, free run heats him to, to spend time with Fern instead of just pushing her away, which was one of my favorite scenes in this book uh, mm. because it showed that 
or it, it it's showed even more kind of since the funeral scene that she how she really kind of regretted her own actions in regards to Hamill, and so she heeds him to do what she didn't basically in that scene. So I I, I really enjoyed that part. That's a great point. I didn't put that together other than I just thought that was a very kind thing for her to say. But mm. yeah, you're right. That I think she yeah she totally has regret for not spending more time with with Himmel. Yeah. Especially since you know compared to her life, his life is so short. Yeah. So talking about kind of her goal before what goes down in chapter two and and beyond. Basic, basically her gathering magic. Yes. And it's kind of brought up a few times where afterwards where Fern says, you know, you're so obsessed with magic and yet you insist you're just like me. I I, I don't think we're the same. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to, it'll be one taking uh, Friedrich's word for it in that she's not obsessed with magic per se, but she likes helping others with the magic she has she kind of enjoys being praised i think yeah we see that when she makes those flowers in the in the flashback and uh, you know the the party is very happy <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know, and they kind of praise her for a good job himmel gives her the crown and everything mm. and then we see it in that same chapter where i think it's the same chapter where uh they take the rust off the statue and uh, they plant all those uh, blue eat flowers. Mm. And whenever the grandma praises her, she, she kind of gets a, a proud face. She's like, hey. Oh, yeah. You know, right. Hey. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think a good reason why she wants to gather all these spells is that when she gets into a situation, her magic can assist people. And I know I'm talking a long time. But some of the other spells that she found almost were meant for her friends, like her old friends. Yeah. So the rust, the rust for the statue was Himmel. Hmm. Um, I'm not exactly sure if she knew that consciously, and that's why she sought that. But maybe, hmm. maybe she did. Right. But then there was the turning the sweet grapes to sour grapes. Yeah. Which, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. That just seems such like an odd <laughs> spell, but okay. Or even odd flavor request, or, you know, a taste. Uh-huh. No, no, but like I think that that one was absolutely one hundred percent intended for Eisen. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way she didn't have him in mind when she acquired that spell. Yeah, I I think that these gathering these spells was definitely not so much. Well, I can't say definitely, but it wasn't so much for her own you know, magic gathering and, and hobby in a way, but more mm. so pleasing the people that she cared about. Yeah, dude, I, I really like that because, or I didn't pick up on it kind of as a whole, as in she enjoys the praise of just, and like the, well, anyone around her in that way. But I think you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. I, I did pick up on the fact, or, or the, basically the way I read it was that she, well, th- there was that flashback to the flowers in the party and what she, she, she made flowers around the party members and mm-hmm. and and, th- and then it switched back to present day and she said that she used to get praise from someone like she doesn't say a name but the last panel before that had been of himmel so i just assumed right. that it was specifically when himmel praised her that made her well that, that made her i guess so keen on learning all these new for- forms of magic 
mm-hmm. but but I really like your idea there that it just it's just anyone in general, and it, it explains a lot of other things as well. I think absolutely, and I think Himo may have been a kind of a starting point for that. Right. But then as she kept using these spells for other peoples, maybe peoples for other people, <laughs> she saw that oh, hey, when I do these nice things or I do these things with my magic, I get praise. Yeah. Especially from the people I care about. Mm. This idea that you brought up, it made me think of the conversation that Freerin and Fern had about sort of, I guess, how much they like magic and those sorts of things. Because I I guess I was a bit stumped when I read the book at first or earlier, well, before our conversation just now. Because Mm -hmm. in that... that Freerin says that she and Fern are the same, but Fern only somewhat likes magic. And it's like, or, and, 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 and Fern didn't understand it either. Like, she, uh, there were several occasions throughout this book when she just couldn't comprehend right. how, how dedicated Freerin is, yet she doesn't claim to be that into magic. But this really explains it because they are the same with this new knowledge that you have helped me uh, understand because <laughs> Fern you started to use magic for a reason that didn't re- necessarily require magic, but she just went the magic route. And mm-hmm. this is basically the exact same thing with Freerin. So yeah, yeah, that is really cool. And I think that will be expounded upon yeah. as we go about um, this journey. But yeah, I think um, that pretty much hits the nail on the head. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And yeah, I, I guess I may have somewhat mentioned this, but I just wanted to kind of shed a little more light on kind of one of the major reasons why I love Freerin so much is that or kind of what makes her so cool to me is that she has this desire to learn and to better herself and she's mm. actively pursuing those sorts of goals uh, like you know she, she really wants to understand how humans perceive time and I guess just life in general and she decides you know to take Fern under her wing because people that she looked up to would have done the same or 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 actually well in one case did that although he did it for well he did it because he figured him would have done it but anyway (laughs) uh it's just nice to see this character who is so driven to just improve herself in not in not just like combat or physical stuff which i feel like is the case in most or in, in maybe not most or well maybe most at least in a, in a lot of stories anyway you see the 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 protagonist is just kind of like training and like kind of, kind of trying to better themselves combatively or or physically but here we have this this protagonist who's just trying to become a better person and i think that's very admirable Except for waking up early. That's <laughs> that's a hard habit to break. <laughs> Hashtag relatable for me. Like, oh my god. I, I, I also sleep until noon uh, unless anything specifically happens. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> no, but I agree so much is that she's a person that is striving for self-improvement. And I mm. think part of that is due to the connections that she's made with Himmel's group and everything and yeah you know i think i think they had a a big influence on her even though it was only to her only 10 years <laughs> right they, i think they had a pretty big influence on her and so yeah that probably led her to want to become better and be better because when we had the flashback flashback with uh, master flamme it, well it seems that Fried and 
is not quite, I don't know, like she's just not quite in tune with her human side, is it? I mean, yeah, like she understands her master, but mm. at the same time, it's like Flame seems like Fridian has a lot of growing up to do. Mm. And that she doesn't quite understand humans the way she should. And so maybe it wasn't until Fridian went, went on this adventure with Himmel and the others that she maybe understands where she needs to grow now. Yeah, right. Is is what I'm is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I it's just something I enjoyed to see. Well, her, well, as you said, like finding where she needs to improve and then really pursuing that is really cool. It's shown a couple of times, especially early on in the book, obviously when when Hyter uh, is still alive, that he tends to pat Freeran on the head and that she she doesn't really like that. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Just a funny little side gag, I guess, from time to time. But uh, what I thought was kind of even more funny was that she then starts doing that same thing to Fern. To, to Fern. Uh, oh, or really? at least <laughs> at least two times in the book, she 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 also petted Fern on the head. Fern didn't didn't uh, resist it though, so it wasn't quite the same dynamic. But it was still fun to see that he or that that Freeran now has some someone that she does that to. Uh, <laughs> I I do love Freeran's sort of dense side as well that <laughs> pops up here and there uh -huh. i mean we talked about her like sleeping in or like yeah just having a really hard time waking up in the morning or mm -hmm. or at noon even maybe anyway uh which i thought was well as i say well that that, that part was relatable but then there were some other really funny moments where well I, apparently we we get to we understand that she has a knack for getting tricked by mimic chests <laughs> yeah, and that that, that, that that seems to be a that recurring gag was so thing. Great. <laughs> yeah. uh and the, the another part that got me la laughing pretty 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 well was um when she sees fern's chest has grown larger than her own <laughs> <laughs> and she's like oh, we eat mostly the same things though how strange <laughs> it's the pancakes you know <laughs> pancakes versus uh, pudding you know it's just Go for the pancakes. Uh, <laughs> by the way, those pancakes look dang delicious. Like, oh my uh -huh. gosh, I wanted some pancakes. Yeah, oh my god, it looked so much too. Like, yeah, I I would not have been able to eat all of that probably. <laughs> uh. I, hence, why Fern is is. A <laughs> girl. Uh, no, I I agree that she can be dense, and and that's probably part of the reason maybe why she doesn't realize or why she feels like she doesn't understand people like mm. himmel you know mm, mm, mm. um so maybe it's a mixture of of her elf elf understanding of time but also just her personality maybe right but at the end of the day she's a very very good person and while they repeatedly call her kind of cold-hearted uh at times himmel like, for example trust her to get rid of that one demon sorcerer uh qual whatever his name was exactly and mm. even though he told the villagers yeah she's not going to check up on it but he trusted that she would come back and, and destroy him yeah so <laughs> i think that that was really great um to see that one she had the trust of of her comrades but she is mindful of of things and people and is a very good person Absolutely. So yeah, anything more on Free Ren? I think I'm good. 
Cool, then let's move on to Himmel a bit. Well, what we learned pretty much right off the bat is that he's very full of himself and very, very uh, <laughs> obsessed with his appearance and I mean, he, stuff like that. He seems to be a nar- narcissistic guy, but I wasn't, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell if it was just a joke oh. kind of a thing, mm-hmm. if, if he was just being that way just to be funny. Oh, because dude, I, interesting. Mm. I think that's, I think that's a, a, not a stereotype, but it could be a funny quirk. But <laughs> yeah, uh, or was he actually for real, just really into himself? I can see it going either way. Really, yes, but yes. <laughs> all those times where he was nar- narcissistic, it was kind of jokingly, you know. Yeah, right, right. It, it wasn't completely serious, probably at least. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think you're right about that. But yeah, and as we mentioned a little bit earlier, he also has this very kind-hearted side of him as well, like genuinely yeah. very, very sweet person. He's he's like a role model to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I really liked the the old man design for him. It was a fun <laughs> contrast to the old one. Uh, you know, still but, handsome. <laughs> he still has those sexy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I, even though he doesn't have any hair on his head, he still has like an abundance of uh, facial hair that he can still keep in fine condition. You're bald now. <laughs> There's nothing left to style. <laughs> There's a lot you can do even with this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's he's funny, and I I I like his character. Obviously, I'm not he's not my favorite in the story right now, just because of the lack of screen time. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm excited to see how they explore all, all these uh, characters, both past and present. Yeah, and and hopefully see see some um, growth or or um, kind of new revelations there. That that'd be really nice. Mm-hmm. One thing that really kind of shocked me about Himmo was was the old man his old man design not so much the design but just how much he ages and, and dep- deprecate or what you know mm. <laughs> decreases in size uh, <laughs> especially since he technically wasn't the oldest in the party I mean putting putting the dwarf and elf aside uh, Hyder was supposedly older right supposedly yeah yeah although it doesn't necessarily need to be much older like there could have just been like a five-year difference potentially uh yeah it could have been five years i i I tend to think it was a little more Mm. uh i wouldn't be surprised if so here's here's my thinking is that when they started their journey himmel was in his 20s maybe just right at 20 Mm. and then Mm. 10 years later he'd be 30 right right then 50 years later 80 uh, so he died around, around 80, but you give, mm. probably give or take a few years. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense to him to be that size and for him to pass away, especially medieval times living to 80 was, you know, wow, you're ancient, mm-hmm. but yeah. freaking Hyder here. Well, I guess we'll talk about Hyder there, but my point is, is, <laughs> you know, he, he only lives to 80 while some other people live a little older. So it's kind of sad that he didn't get to be there longer but then again we wouldn't have the story that we're having now <laughs> right if that was the case and you know he still exists in the past so that's right and, he, and that's where yeah a decent portion of the story takes place so yeah uh but, but who knows maybe the reason why himmel may have passed away when he did maybe it could have been because well i don't know i, I was gonna say something really crazy like <laughs> because uh, Frieden wasn't there with him, but then it, but 
it, it doesn't make sense either because he sees her in the end. So mm. I don't know. Well, something that I've heard of some in, in some cases, old people will. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly how scientific this is, but something I've heard mm-hmm. at least from some from from people and from well from different sources is that elderly people that are close to dying from just from old age can sometimes sort of hold on in in some way uh, until they're able to meet kind of their loved ones, their family, like for one last time, and then they'll die after mm-hmm. that after they've been able to to do that. So. Could have been something like that, perhaps. Like she, she, like he, he didn't want to meet or die or pass on until he, he had met Freeran one more time, perhaps potentially. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. So he was able to hang on a little, a little extra, perhaps, or something like that. Yeah, that definitely was a better way of saying it than, than I was. I, I was kind of saying the opposite, but <laughs> I, I, I think, it makes more sense that he wanted to hold on, until she got there, mm. and then he passes. Yeah. Uh, anything more on him? I think that's it. All right, then moving on to Heiter, the priest who loves to drink. The corrupt priest. Yeah. <laughs> that was also a funny little recurring gag with him. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but uh, well, we, we talked earlier about his age. Yeah, or, man. Or, or what it could have been like when he died. Uh, what, what did you have to say about that? At least 100 years old. Mm. At least. Because Himmel was 80 when he died, at least around there oh yeah and then 20 years later uh you know he's with fern and 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 that's when frieden goes to see him so true he's at least 100 but he could be more you're right yeah like if he if he is 100 then he would have been the same age or so as as mm-hmm. himmel which probably isn't the case which is no i don't think is the case right that's why i say it's got to be at least right yeah, oh, dude, I didn't think of it that way. I, I guess <laughs> I, I, I paid a lot of attention to Fern's age, but <laughs> not at all for Heiser. Versus... <laughs> it feels like something uh... I would have done versus you. <laughs> but, oh, my God, that, that's crazy. Like, he, he probably lived to, like, 110 or something, maybe even more than that. Yeah, something like that. But, you know, yeah. it's funny because, yeah, because he was he, – was older than him even when mm. they were on their adventure at yeah. least that's what's implied uh-huh. so it's so what did his priestly calling extend his life i mean the man, <laughs> the man was a mad drunk like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't i don't know i mean i i guess it's just them the breaks kind of a thing you know i uh-huh. i i wonder if going back to himmel i wonder if himmel had a had a aching heart or something and maybe that's why he died when he did i don't know mm. well no i i would say he died at a more realistic age did i true you're a good point that's a good point but in that time frame yeah that's more that's more realistic even these days 80 is is more regular than 110 you know true that's true yeah uh, good point so i'd say heiter is definitely the odd one the weird one here <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> but yeah, he he had that grimoire, that one that he asked uh, Freerin to decipher. It was uh, obviously one one that contained spells on resurrection and immortality and all that. And it was found in the grave of no, it didn't. Of a <laughs> well, yeah, no, it didn't. But it <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it it was found in the grave of uh, a sage called Evig. 
And that is the German word for eternal. It's actually also the Swedish oh. word for eternal, uh, just spelt oh. with a V instead of W. But uh, so that, that, that's, that, that made it easy for me to understand that. But I, <laughs> I thought that, that was a nice little, little uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, Easter egg. I don't know. But yeah, obviously it, it's tied to... whatever. Right, right, exactly. Because obviously that word is tied to like immortality and stuff like that. So... Nope. So, oh, with a name like Eternal, okay, I'll, I better try to translate this. Right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but but yeah, like about that, like I I really liked how while Heiter was afraid of dying, he didn't really care all that much for the immortality and resurrection spells. Like the only reason he did what he did there with Freyrin and and with Fern that what was like what why he made her to, to decipher the grimoire and all that was. So he could get to so basically so he could make it so that Fern could go along with with free, with the free run, uh on her journey. It was a ploy. It, it was, it was, and it was really nice. I I really enjoyed that twist because I, yeah. I I didn't see that coming, and and it also really showed how good of a person he is, or at least that he had become, I suppose. I I did see it coming, <laughs> like just just the fact that yeah he kind of set it up that way, um, but. I think the whole him lying about being af- afraid of death and everything, I-, I think that what he did there uh, kind of gave him peace as-, as he was about to die because I think his real fear, or his new fear, I guess I should say, became leaving Fern without anybody, leaving her alone. Right, right. Um, so in that sense, he was afraid of death, uh, just yeah. in a way that we hadn't really way. anticipated yeah mm-hmm. so yeah I, I really enjoyed his i guess arc i guess in this book indeed clever guy for sure <laughs> yeah so more on heiter i i liked his little speech about uh well at least the little thing he said to fern when when she was a little girl and thinking about jumping mm. off that cliff yeah um basically about keeping the memories of the people that we that that left before us mm. um you know, keeping them alive for as long as we can and i think that's that's a nice kind of memento i guess you could say or just just a nice thing to keep in your heart i guess absolutely 100 percent. yeah I, I also really like that part then shall we move on to the final party member eisen sure he is a dwarf so it seems it's it somehow established that he while obviously he doesn't age nearly as slow as Freerun does, he does still age slower than humans, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is also a Lord of the Rings kind of thing, lore thing, I, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not that big into Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. but I think that's also the case there with dwarves and stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Axe-wielding dwarf, the muscles of the group. Yes. And you see how how ripped he was when he kind of, goes into that prayer motion and then it yeah. goes into the present and he's basically skin and bones. Mm, that mm. said, even skin and bones is able to lift this huge boulder. So just imagine <laughs> what his strength like was in his prime. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess my, my one big thing on, on Eisen for this book here was that he is, or at least, well, it, obviously it's mostly in the last chapter of the book here. Uh, where he gets mo- most of the focus, but mm-hmm. it's established at the or early on in that chapter that back, well, whenever well yeah when when the party was traveling together, he 
was a pretty firm atheist, it seemed. But then Heider said that thing about that faith can bring, well, it, it brings a nicer way to view death, in, in, well, essentially. And that obviously really resonated with Eisenhower. He, he really mm. adopted that kind of, and turns out to be pretty much a fully-fledged believer in present day when they come visit him. Which I thought was really interesting, kind of turn, like turnaround for a character like him to do that. Uh, well, I know we we, did, we didn't know him too well, but but still, <laughs> I, I I do think it's a fun, 180 kind of in terms of that, um, and and this comes from someone who like me, I'm a, not a religious person personally, mm-hmm. but I still thought that part of the story and that kind of, well that that change for for Eisen was was a really nice one to see. I also liked in that moment how. You know, even even the priest was like, "Yeah, I have no idea if it exists or not." I just <laughs> yeah. think it's a nice thought, kind right. of, right? Yeah, kind of a thing. <laughs> and sometimes it's just the thought of it that makes a difference. Dude, yeah, I, I believe that. Mm. But yeah, yeah, like that, that, that was also nice. Uh, I do agree. How it's it it isn't really, I guess. Like nothing's confirmed. Like even the priest who is supposed to be this uh, perp- like <laughs> man of God, even even mm-hmm. he is like not one hundred percent, I guess, sure or on board or or whatever. But still, yeah, it it, it was a nice scene. So something that I just want to clarify is I, it's not so much about the goddess, which apparently is what they, I think, believe in in, in yeah. this volume. It's about heaven. So I'm not sure if the dwarves as a as a clan still like believed in a goddess per se or even had their own gods but it's just that when they die they just return or they return to nothing versus continuing on true true which which according to uh Heider's religion was that yeah there is a heaven there is a place where the souls rest kind of a oh yeah that, that that's a good that's a good point i didn't really put that together or i guess my interpretation of eisen's words was that well that he wasn't a religious person at all but but I guess you're right. It could be that he is of a religion that, well, basically just views death differently. Definitely could yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, mm. they're they're of tradition, so some right. they had some sort of tradition, and whether that is being completely, you know, unbelieving of any sort of uh, religious belief, or maybe they have a a belief in some <laughs> earth god or something. I don't know. Uh, anyway, mm. yeah, it's uh, not quite clear, but. I do think that now he's choosing to believe that there is a heaven, a, pla- a place where potentially he could, or where, where the souls could uh, rest, I guess you could say. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, but but it was interesting, I guess, speaking of the the religion that we learn a bit of through Heiter, uh, you mentioned heaven is the thing that he mentions, and and Freerun mentioned the goddess in a conversation with Heiter. Mm-hmm. So... It seems to be a mono, monotheistic religion, uh, probably somewhat similar, or at least inspired by Christianity, or at least in that vein. Uh, it is at least what I kind of got of that religion from this from this book. Obviously, there isn't much to go on, but it it's the the vibe I got, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anything more on Eisen? I think I I'm done with him. I, I just wonder if he'll return to the story again. Or if this is the last time we're going to see him. Ah. Um, I mean, it could go either way. It's just, 
I, yeah, I just wonder because he gives his last request to Friden, and then that's basically where the story ends. So I, I don't know. I just wonder if that's going to be the end for him. Yeah. So for a moment, when I read the chapter the first time, or this volume the first time at the end there, I for a moment I thought that he would go with Friren and Fern to the demon's castle or the demon king's castle <laughs> uh but then I, I figured not not probably not that doesn't really seem to be the case but that said i do I'm, I'm i feel pretty confident that he will return somehow even if just for one final scene i do think i do think uh Frieden will meet him at least once more before he passes okay it's, it's nice. my thinking <laughs> or maybe it's just wishful thinking i don't know <laughs> i mean I, I mean he could be there the next chapter just seeing them off if unless mm. uh, you know if they haven't left already, but yeah, I mean, I it'd be nice to see him one last time before he passes. Yeah, I, I guess what's interesting with him is that obviously because of his big Viking helmet and his massive beard, we don't really see his face much. Like we <laughs> no. we we never do. Uh, so it makes it kind of hard to I guess, I guess pinpoint his age or like to see like how how old is he really. So I mean, obviously he is aging. He is past his prime. We know that for sure. But I guess I guess just how old is he? Like, and so so with that in mind, it's hard to I guess know if he if he has plenty more time to appear or or if he doesn't. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I I do hope to see him like at least or rather for for Freerun to meet him another time uh, after they leave him here. Cool. Anyway, is that it on all of the? four party members of the who, who who slayed the demon king yeah cool then moving on to fern and here i said i kept very good track on her age because i was well just out of curiosity <laughs> on my on my second read through that i had today i because i i remember well on my first read through i was throughout it a bit confused obviously there is one chapter where she turns 16 uh, right, that helps. That 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 really helps. But but then you know that there's more time that passes after that, and like so I didn't know how old she was at at the end of it. But I I kept close attention to it today, and so she turned sixteen twenty seven years after the death of Himmel. We're lucky mm-hmm. to get those little declarations of the time frame sort of at the start of most of the chapters, um, or every chapter maybe actually. Um, but anyway, twenty seven years after the death of Himmel, she turned sixteen, meaning that. 20 years after the death of Himmel, which was when she and Freerin first met, she was nine. Makes sense. So that was when that was when they met, and then they left on their journey at some point between her being 13 and 15. Because uh, it's it was a bit hard to say because there wasn't like a like a, an exact time there. Because uh, Heiter collapsed when Free or when Fern was 13. Right. But then. The next kind of declaration of the time was when she was 15, and by then they had been traveling together for a little bit, but it was mm-hmm. unsure of how long really that had been. So they started traveling together between the ages of 13 and 15 anyway. And then this this book ends when Fern is 17. So yeah, for anyone who really wanted to know, that's the case. <laughs> uh, and, and I wonder, because time definitely was passing throughout this book obviously more so mm-hmm. in the first half than the second half but still it time was constantly moving forward more or less uh so i wonder how much it's going to it's going to continue doing that and 
in terms of Fern, like how old is she going to end up being? Right. And stuff like that. Is is she going to die of old age at some point? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> who knows? I, I wonder, is it going to significantly slow down? But then again, they got to get to it, you know, a certain point. Mm. And their journey, the, the, the journey with him all took 10 years, mm. um, probably for various reasons, like fighting forces. But, you know, it's it's not a short trip, as far as I understand. Right. So, you know, how, yeah, how much is she going to age during that time? It, it'd be interesting to think, and I, I wonder if she'll reach a point where she wants to start a family or maybe she wants, she's like, I'm done. Mm, (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, and, and will she go all the way to old age? Like who? True. I don't know. That could be another interesting thing where she then spends basically her whole time or vice versa. Fern spends her whole life basically with Frieden. Mm. um, And she's there to see that. So I don't know. It'd be, I think that would be an interesting dynamic that hopefully would be covered in, in later volumes, not necessarily volume three or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. But right. yeah, whatever whatever they want to do. <laughs> Maybe this would be kind of a two-year eternity type of situation. Yeah, right. I had that thought as well where obviously we're dealing with a character who lives for basically an eternity. And yeah, yeah what if, <laughs> what if? But yeah, I, I hope it isn't because I, I don't want to see Fern die. At least not before she you know grows old i guess but even even that i don't really want to see either <laughs> and that's the thing right now it seems that this story is focused on telling Frieden's story about her three friends and, and the and the 10 year journey that they had mm. um and not so much about what happens after that although that is a, that is a key uh factor in telling it the story about the past as well true uh so I, I i imagine time will slow down to a point um that maybe fern won't age like maybe there'll be a couple volumes where she kind of sticks around in her late teens and early 20s yeah it could be i just for some reason i i sort of got the feeling that she was there to stay as a permanent companion to 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 Freerun, obviously that's unrealistic as well because Freerun will long outlive Fern. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the story could definitely uh, end with Fern's death, I suppose, and then Freerun like moving Ooh. forward. Oh. Um. But you know, I mean, obviously there, uh, I feel like this will have a few volumes, so they they'll they'll be. Uh, a grand adventure along the well, grand Tuka. There will be an adventure along the way. And it actually yeah. goes into one of my points with Fern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess we can go back to some of her past later on. But just because we're on the topic, she seems mm-hmm. to have not as much patience as, say, Frieden does. Well, because yeah. <laughs> obviously there's a difference in species, but it, it, you know, she kind of gets a little upset when they're doing menial uh, tiny little tasks like chores when we could be doing really grand things especially with your magic we could be doing a lot of good and yet we're here you know uh, plucking pumpkins or trying to find (laughs) a tree a big tree in a grove of big trees like (laughs) um 
And yeah, it seems like she is very much aware that her time and understanding of time is much different than Frieden's, and maybe she gets a little bit impatient about that. Understandably so. Oh, absolutely, 100%. I think another thing that I thought was kind of interesting about that is that it doesn't really... Well, it seems to be a bit of a new experience for Freeran to, to be traveling with someone like Fern. Uh, in, obviously in a couple of ways, but, but regarding this, well, how they perceive time differently, uh, it doesn't seem like her three previous travel companions really... I guess, I guess we're that much bothered about it or, or talked about, about it too much with her. I guess it's a different in a group dynamic like that where a majority of the characters aren't elves. She might not be able to make those sorts of suggestions as often, perhaps, like to do those really long-winded things. But um, when it's just her and Fern, obviously that makes it a bit different, especially since she has a bit more... Well, she, she can decide more since she, she's like the master of the two. Uh, well, but, well, also, well, yeah, well, you know, Himmel was the leader of their group, and they had it. They had true an objective from the king to mm. go kill the demon king. Exactly. There, so there was that. It's too. a little different. Yeah, but but what I I guess I, I I said a lot of things that I didn't actually mean to say right there. <laughs> but 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 the, been there, honey. <laughs> but basically, my main point there was that Fern has known Freeren since she was nine years old since she was a little little child and mm-hmm. time perception for children is much different compared to time perception for a- adults oh, yeah. like even with you know if you just look at humans like normal people yeah uh obviously it's uh, time seems to pass much slower for kids so you know how long summer vacation was <laughs> right ever <laughs> yeah and then you know how long school was even longer uh, yes so so i think that's probably a big reason why sort of why Freerun has suddenly kind of understood or kind of realized this is because she's been traveling with someone who at least starting off was just a little child. And, mm-hmm. and so she's, well, I guess they've been able to talk about that in a different way. Well, so going into Fern's childhood and she was a war orphan. Yeah. Uh, Hydra found her and he took her in and discovered that she has an affinity for magic or ability to use magic. And that's what she ended up choosing, I guess. Right. And to see her work so diligently to shoot that hole in that boulder on the cliffside. Hmm. Uh, you know, very endearing. And then that, that panel or that page really where you, you turn the page and you see it there uh, with a hole in it. Oh. <laughs> it, it, it. I thought it was very well done. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I really like that. You know, right at the end of Hyder's life, you know, she's ready. She's ready to protect herself. She's ready to move on. And yeah, it's, it was good. Very good, yeah. It was also nice to see, like, one of the one of the earliest uh, kind of impressions we got about her was that she had a very good affinity for magic, just in general, that even Freerin, who is like a master mage, supposedly, I mean, she was one of the people that stopped the, the Demon King after <laughs> all, uh, even <laughs> she can't detect her, like, magic presence uh, because Fern is supposedly very good at controlling her mana. Uh, so I thought that was just an interesting little detail. Obviously, obviously, mana is brought back into the story again uh, when they're talking about the killing magic and like defensive magic mm-hmm. and stuff like that, uh, which was also 
another really interesting part I thought like just world building wise kind of how the magic works and sort of the history of the magic and stuff like that but but anyway um it was it was cool to to, to learn that she is a very well she's a promising uh, as 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 a mage absolutely going way back again uh this is kind of a cute moment where she finds the seed rats. She oh, kind of yeah. starts hiding them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> found, it, found it funny. One, I found it funny she was able to pick up squirrels like that. Uh-huh. I guess they were kind of docile, maybe. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, that was cute, I thought. Very cute. And actually, when I saw that, when I read, the, read it the first time, I, I, I sort of got the feeling that like one of them or both of them would become like her familiar or something like that moving forward. <laughs> that would have like, been that cute. That she would keep it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I guess not. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of the volume, I think you could say she's, I mean, in, in in a lot of aspects, she's the more responsible one of the pair. I mean, she even <laughs> comments that she feels like she acts as Freelan's mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I don't blame her for all the things she has to do to get her up on time and whatnot. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> It's funny, but I, I like the dynamic that they have. Yeah, dude, I, I really I've been really enjoying it for this book at least and yeah, but very excited to see their dynamic kinda of continue and see where that goes. And it was sweet that Fidi then remembered Fern's birthday. Yeah. Gave her that gift and, and Fern expressed how happy she was that Freeran took the time to try to get to know her. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that <laughs> That means that means the world. It, mm. and you know maybe Freeman doesn't understand that yet, but I think to a lot of people, just trying, um, and not, you know, failing epically, but trying, <laughs> uh, yeah. is is a is a really, I don't know, endearing thing to do. Absolutely. <laughs> one other thing, one moment I loved was when Freeman falls asleep. Before the sunset, mm-hmm. Fern wakes up. He's like, "Oh, she's sleeping. She's sleeping." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was great. But she's able to get her to the sunset in time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also how when they're like kind of rushing toward the, uh, the the coast after after they after well she she gets Freeran out of bed and Freeran kind of while sort sort of half sleeping she says, "Thank you, Fern." And there's there's this little panel where Fern just kind of looks kind of well ha- happily at at Freeran there and I don't know it, it it was a small moment but it was a nice moment that I that I yeah really enjoyed absolutely yeah anything more on on Fern Mm-mm. then is there any other character I don't have any other character things noted down necessarily here uh, but what about you uh I have two so <laughs> Flame uh she's Freeran's master as we established. She has the ability or discover the ability to communicate with dead souls at one point. Right. That ends up being an, an end, or however you pronounce it, which is where the Demon King's castle is. Yes. So that's fun. Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> a lot of fun. And actually, on that name of that place, en- Ende is how Ende. I... Because I'm thinking of it as the German word for, well, for end. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess, or at least I, I pronounce it that way. Sure. But yes, yes, that, that that is great. Yeah, it makes me wonder if there's any sort of connection between Flame and the Demon King, um, or not? I'm oh, not sure. Interesting. I didn't think about that. Hmm. You know, 
at the very least, the Demon King set up camp there uh, for a reason, and, and may, but maybe uh, Frida knows why, maybe? I don't know. Um, hmm. But anyway, so that's their destination. Yeah. So that's cool. And then my last character is Qual. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just the strongest magic used in the Demon Army. Uh, and his magic led to incredible advancements in magic over the 80, past 80 years. Yeah. Which they both are like, wow, that's... Or they being Thedin and Qual are both like, wow, that's kind of a short amount of time. Yeah. And yet humans were able to do so much. Is it implying that, let's say, Frieden had 80 years to dive into magic more? Like, would she not be able to make the same progress as humans in that in that sense? Or, or Qual, like, would he not be able to make that same kind of progress? And they both seem very smart and able to pick up on that kind of stuff. So what I, the way I interpreted that, because I also found that really interesting, but I, I sort of viewed that as, I guess, humans were able to kind of, discover and kind of come up with the new methods in a, in a, at a pace that I guess elves wouldn't have uh, been able to do, or at least that elves were surprised by. But then elves like Friedrich can probably still learn it if taught just as well as a human could potentially. Oh, oh absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't know about the learning part, Mm-mm. but I guess maybe there's a difference in how fast they would be able to come up with something like that, which is surprising because usually elves, not all the time, but a lot of the times, elves are perceived as these incredibly superior beings uh, who basically do everything better than humans can, except populate. <laughs> True. Humans, about, are, humans are basically like bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, well, uh, yeah, I, that, that is true. And uh, I guess we haven't seen any other elves other than Free Ren. That, yeah, that was another point I wanted to bring up. Yeah, and so I, f- I feel like, well... We only have her to sort of base our our idea of elves on, and as far as this mm-hmm. universe goes, and looking at her, I mean, she she is, well, she is slow, and or or she doesn't, she's she isn't in a hurry, at least at least in the present day story where we see her, mo- mm-hmm. her mostly, and and to be fair, she isn't, she doesn't have like a distinct goal in mind for a majority of this book, so right, so I guess that I guess it's fair. But at the same time, there is definitely like a slow pace to her that no humans human would have. Like no human would spend as long as she did on finding the blue moon weeds, uh, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Um, and then just last thing on Qual is uh, cool fight. I thought that I mean it was a very brief one, but <laughs> it's one of those kind of brief moments of actions that we that we get in this in this volume. I'm not I'm not expecting much in this series mm-hmm. in terms of action. Um, I have no expectations of that, and I'm totally okay with that. But seeing, but just seeing this little bit of, of a magical battle, uh, was really neat. Yeah, and and I I agree. Like I don't, I also don't really expect to see a whole lot of action necessarily throughout this series. But I still really enjoyed this uh, this piece of action that we got. Not not necessarily for the action itself, but sort of the implications and like kind of what we learned in that scene about the magic of the world and sort of. True. How it's perceived by elves and by a demon who has been away from the world for eighty years and stuff like that. It's. I, I thought that was just really interesting to to find out. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I guess that is all for the characters, though. Yeah. Then I guess on predictions. So, 
we did at the at the end as as you mentioned i think a little earlier at the end of the book we did kind of get a more of a concrete goal for the story kind of as to where it's going to go on from here and it's it's to that demon king's castle which by the way i absolutely loved that big drawing of the castle it was so cool looking like all the (laughs) towers and the walls Mm -hmm. and oh my god it's 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 an incredible art artwork i think i i I absolutely beautiful but anyway um that's where they're going because that's where a lot of souls are supposedly gathered according to the message uh so I guess my just kind of overall general prediction for the story as a whole moving forward, like on a longer, long-term thing, is that Freer and Inferno are going to make make their way there, of course, but on their way there, they will continue to keep on visiting places that Freer and her party visited on their journey. Uh, as they started doing in this one, there were a couple chapters like that. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be chapters like that on their way to the castle, and then they're going to reach the castle and, like, eventually, and I guess there's going to be some sort of climax event there. Either that's going to be the end of the whole story or that's going to be the end of just an arc, perhaps. I guess I, it's hard to say, but... But, yeah, I guess that that's just, like, a general big old prediction. Yeah. So you're thinking it's going to take a few volumes to get there. Like, you know, basically the entire story to get to that point. Well... That's what what I'm, I'm unsure of. I could see the them reaching the castle as just being the end of an arc, uh, like within the story, mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I definitely could also see it being the end of the story potentially. Although I probably lean mostly toward it being the end of just a a, a, a one arc within the bigger bigger story. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely, they could end it there. I mean, it is the end or end <laughs> whatever. Right. <laughs> and yeah, like it, it would be a good place to finish it all but i i wonder how it could be interesting if they get to that point um they talk to himmel or something else happens and it requires them to go a few other places or or whatnot i don't know like just not necessarily um having to go all the way to uh to a certain point and then it ends but having to go back and forth like you mm. know that that kind of situation i wonder if that's how it will go down that said i i could also say ending there <laughs> yeah yeah it really depends on how long it takes them to get there i suppose uh or, or and obviously it also depends on how long this series is going to be <laughs> right how long the series will be it just it depends on the pace of a few things mm. i think the next volume could easily set the the pacing and the tone for how their journey i guess will will go true good point yeah um, mm. yeah so I, I guess this is a question that we'll, we can maybe e- more easily answer next volume <laughs> yes yes absolutely <laughs> um i wonder if himmel ever had a family oh and, or did he remain single now that that could be there could be some sort of love thing there and maybe that's why eisen and Hyder are so I guess invested in in helping um, Frieden talk to Himmel again, because maybe they know they knew that Himmel was very much into her or <laughs> very uh-huh. very much in love with her, and so maybe they're trying to have some sort of connection there. But maybe maybe Himmel had also had a family because he gave up hope, 
Oh, then again, maybe that's not the message that he wants to tell. I don't know. Um, but if he did have a family, it would be interesting if they saw said relatives, you know, said descendants. Mm, absolutely. And I, I guess that could be said for all of the three party members. Although I guess Himmel seems to be more of a... Or I guess it seems like he sh should be more prominent. Uh, I don't think Hyder would. <laughs> Unless, well, I mean, he's a drunk priest. Maybe he did some stuff he wasn't supposed to do when he was drunk. <laughs> yeah. Eisen, I don't know, maybe Heisen will have some ancestors or some descendants. Prosperity. Yeah. Mm. Like, I, I think it's poss a possibility for all of them, but I do agree that it's probably the most likely, especially at least narratively, for uh, for the story to kind of deal with uh, Himmel's descendants. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And then... One other prediction I have is where are, or just more of a question, where are the other elves and dwarves? Exactly. Yeah. Dead, yeah. Oh, yeah. The gone. dwarves, too. Mm. Right. So yeah. we see all these humans and they're both helping humans. But what about their own people? I guess in, in the case of Aysen, his parents died or his village got attacked by demons. Mm. Was, that, was that the end of the dwarves or is there some other colony somewhere? Are they just in the middle of a of a human nation? You know, where and then where are the elves? Where is I guess Frieden's family or people? Yeah. Yeah, I I think you might be right though that this country might just be like a primarily human country, perhaps. Hmm. Uh and that there probably exists other nations or other kingdoms where other creatures live more primarily maybe it's probably going to be my thinking for now at least or actually or well the the dwarf village or at least eisen's village which is supposedly a dwarf village had been ha had been attacked so so that's on the same continent well could still be a different country hmm hmm i i, I don't know i don't know <laughs> I, yeah. I do want to see more of of both of those though like more more, more dwarves and more elves please <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great. Mm. Maybe maybe Frieden can learn something from another elf's perspective on human nature and whatnot. Right, and I wonder how different would they be from her and kind of in what way would they be different from her, I wonder. Right. So that that's, yeah. I guess th th these are mostly questions, but I do want them answered eventually. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Uh, and I guess speaking of Aysen, I... Well, we, we, we talked about his eventual death earlier and i think i think it's possible that he might die as early as next volume but i could also see him living on for several volumes before his death comes uh okay. so i i have a hard time really pinpointing that but it will come i'm sure we will see it uh and on that note and we also talked about fern's death that could also come eventually i dread it but it very likely may come so yeah <laughs> Yes. Is that all for predictions? It's all for predictions. Uh, I just have a couple of things that I want to say. Really short. There's yeah, some yeah. minor typos. I don't know if you experienced it in yours. Yeah, I was a bit sad about that. I only, I think, I only found two. There may have been more, but there was one where like it's it said Himmel the Great, but it it put a the before Himmel. So yeah, the Himmel, the, Himmel the, the Great. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed that as well. <laughs> And then the one that was actually really bad was mm. uh, Frieden calls 
Hyder Himmel at one yeah, point. Yeah, uh, I it's noticed like, that. That was that was the worst one. And those are the only two I can recall off the top of my head right now as well. But yeah. I thought there was another one earlier, oh. earlier on in the first chapter as well. But um, it seemed like the typos were in the early first two chapters. But then the rest of the volume hmm. was totally fine. Yeah, so hopefully there will be none, like no more of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. The, sadly, there was a bit of that. And sadly, one of them was kind of bad. Yeah, Yeah, that was like, ah, uh, <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but then the last thing I'll, last thing I'll say before we talk about overall impressions is a a message that I, I felt was in this story that I really liked is sometimes it's about the people you are with rather than the thing you are doing. And obviously the sunset, uh, chapter was Mm. kind of an example of that. But I think in a lot of cases it wasn't so much what they were doing or what, Frieden was doing it was with the people she was with or who yeah. she was with right absolutely and I could definitely see that becoming kind of even more prominent as the story continues and as yeah as Frieden probably is going to come to realize just how precious those 10 years were the ones that she spent with her party uh, absolutely so yeah absolutely absolutely Mm-hmm. But then moving into our the final, final stretch of this discussion, the <laughs> the impressions that we have and like kind of what we think so far about, about this about this series that we have just recently started reading. And I guess I'll kick it off a little bit with saying that I enjoyed my second read through of this book a lot more than my first because oh. or well, I, that's not to say I didn't didn't like it on my first read through. Mm-hmm. But on my first read through, I guess I wasn't completely sold. I okay. I may have rated it if if I would have rated it then, I would have probably mm-hmm. rated it like a six out of ten. Okay. Uh, which isn't bad for me. It's just no, you know, not I. I I would have wished for it to be better. But then I reread it today, and I, I'm not sure why, but I appreciated it a whole lot more. Uh, or at least enough to rate it a 7 out of 10 now. Uh, and, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, of course, it's just the first volume. Anything can happen. Right. Uh, I think this story has great potential for an increased score, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as, as the story continues. Uh, but a 7 out of 10 for me after the first volume, I think, is is great. It's promising. And I, I'm very excited to continue to read this one. What about you? Yeah, I, I'd give it a 7 out of 10 as well. Sweet. Um, it It's a turn pager, but it's also a very chill kind of page turner where you're just enjoying the moment and also growing with this very uh unorthodox person you know yeah yeah um (laughs) well you know it's not even human (laughs) so it's i mean it's not that actually it's not the first time we've experienced that in the mommy manga but (laughs) uh this is a different different light and a, and a different take on that. Absolutely. I, I love the concept of having the basically the party more or less dead mm-hmm. in, in, in the first volume. And then you have to really relive the events through her memories and um, their new journey. I like I really like that concept. Yeah. And I think the, the writing so far has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. So it checks off a lot of boxes and let me also emphasize how great the art is i think this is very very solid one one of the most uh beautiful manga i've read i think there's just a, a lot of good um scenery moments and character designs I, I just think it's overall very solid yeah 
Yeah, I, I, I really agree. And actually, I, I looked up the two makers of this manga because there's one one person, it's uh, Kanehito Yamada has written the story and mm -hmm. the art is by Tsukasa Abe. And I looked them both up on my anime list to see kind of what else they had done before. And Tsukasa Abe doesn't have anything other than Freerun on there as things wow. that they've done as far as manga and stuff goes. So this might just be this person's first first work. And yeah, I, I think it's... I agree. It, like, it looks beautiful. Um, Absolutely. Kanehito Yamada has written and drawn... I think he had done two other things besides Freerun. Uh, one of them had, he had both written and drawn, and the other one he had only written, just like he does Freerun. Hmm. Uh, I didn't really pay attention to what it was. didn't put on, uh, uh, <laughs> or I didn't uh, remember what, what, what those series were. They were ca ca kind of short, short things I, I, I looked uh. up, so uh, nothing that had lasted very long, supposedly, but... But uh, still, like, both are not that, I guess, established. Uh, mm -hmm. So I feel like Freerun could, like, very much be, like, their big break, potentially. I mean, at least I feel like there's good potential for that. Absolutely. I'll say that if this keeps improving, like, you know, if second volume is just as good or better and just keeps going, I, I think you could have a new anime series on your hand. I think this kind yeah. of fits a niche that a lot of people would really enjoy Mm -hmm. the simpler kind of chill adventure but really going into the human aspect you know the human nature kind of thing yes versus yeah. action totally totally and and I, I i actually one thing i wanted to touch on that you mentioned earlier when you talked about what you liked about this was kind of the premise being kind of how freerin well, how she has these flashbacks to her to her past with with the, the her old party members and how we as readers mm -hmm. get to know them and and her as well to a degree get to know those characters True. through the memories and mm -hmm. it was that part of the premise because when I read the premise for for, for Freedom because I was looking around basically for kind of what 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 other manga options do we have to cover on a mommy manga. And I, I came across Freerun without knowing anything about it. And I read the premise, which said basically that. Like, it basically explained kind of that it, it would... Well, she, she would go on a journey, and on her, on, on her journey, she would uh, be looking back on her previous journey and kind of... Uh, well, it would deal with that a bit. And when I read that premise, like, that really spoke to me. And I, it, was, it made me really, really interested to read this story. And so... James and I both bought this first volume without having read anything, really. We just kind of yeah. very blindly th threw ourselves into this. And it's true. I, I'm glad we did, because so far, you know, not far into it, but still, so far I'm very happy uh, that we have started covering this one. Yeah. For me, it was... Uh, I saw Viz Media, they're the ones who published this in America, hmm. or, well, in English. They posted a preview of it, on social media and so i read the, f the first few pages and it was enough to hook me enough to get me intrigued it's like all right you know i'll give it a shot sweet and this i think would be good discussion and yeah i think if you are a person who doesn't mind a more relaxed um more about a person's growth kind of a story uh, then say yeah action heavy comedy heavy mm. or any of those kind of genres um, then I, I think you would really enjoy this, at least by the first volume. Yeah. Um, come back to me in five volumes later. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> probably going to take a few, a year or so, but um, <laughs> I'll, we'll let you know if it's worth putting down uh, how, however many, how much it costs for those five volumes. Right. No, absolutely. And 
And yeah, it just, I don't know, if, and, and, like, I guess the last thing that I will say about the impressions for me and kind of a reason why I really enjoyed reading through the chapters of this book is that I just really like the two main characters, or, or at least present-day characters, uh, Freerun and Fern, really, really enjoy both of them. Yeah. And that just really helps to, uh, well, h- help me enjoy the story as a whole. And I guess on that, do you have a favorite character from the story as a whole? So, or so oh, far. favorite character? <laughs> from this book, yeah, favorite character. Um, yeah, good question. I, it, it'd probably have to be Frieden. I, I, I just, hmm. yeah, I, I think uh, her story is, is the most interesting right now. But yeah, obviously Fern is a good second. Yeah, and I, I think I'm going to echo that exactly because... I mean, well, obviously, Freerun is the main, main character, like, the main protagonist, and so, obviously, she has a lot more panel time and stuff like that, uh, but yeah, I, I, I really, I, I really enjoyed her character in this uh, book. Mm-hmm. So, then, moving into the final, final, final part of the discussion, <laughs> we, uh, we are start, and as, as I mentioned briefly at the start, we are really on top of it with this, with this series now, we are covering the first volume within the month that it was first released in English. And we do intend to continue covering this one because it seemed like we we both enjoy this first book and the intention is to cover each new one as they come out physically in English. So that's the plan from here on out. And yeah, I guess, uh, I, I mean, I assume plenty of people have probably read like ahead chapters online, like fan translations, fan translations and stuff like that. But, um, and, and obviously like, Anyone who listens is welcome to listen to us. But I also want to, I guess, encourage people to read along with us. Uh, if you also just read this first book like we have, then, you know, a couple months from now, maybe in February or January. I think January 11th is when book two comes out. So Oh, was it January? Okay. I think, I think it's January 11th. So at some point after that. So maybe later in January or early February, we'll cover the second book. And uh, yeah please do read along with us. Uh, I think this series has great promise, so I'm just really excited to continue. Same. Nice. Then any final, 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 final words? (laughs) Ah, this is the final. This is it. (laughs) Final of the movie. Yes. The end. It is the end. This the end of this episode. Not not the end of anything else. Umami manga will continue. (laughs) Fret not. Uh, So this isn't the final. (laughs) It's not. No, not yet. <laughs> but with that all said, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our content, you can follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga, and it would be lovely if you'd like to support us by either rating our show on the podcast platforms or subscribing to our channel Umami Manga on YouTube. If you like this episode, please share it with anyone you think might enjoy it too. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next time when we'll talk about Volume 2. Bye bye. See ya! See ya!